special. It wasn't really a Halloween special, but... Well, no, we didn't do an episode 34. Mm. We did. Yeah, we did, but it was But it was after. postponed because yeah, we were in lockdown. Yeah, no. So our episodes then, then don't I, have titles. Then I put lockdown 2.0. And then I got, got carpet. And well, that was... Halloween. Halloween. Oh, that 2.0 got carpet. Two, oh, dear, 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 dear. You know what? I'm going to kick in the theme music. What, okay. are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Since when? Since now. Oh, you could have just given me a heads up. I could have said something really, really awful. I wouldn't have allowed that. No. Do you want what to groove to the tunes? No, what happened to the one, two, three? Oh, I thought you were just getting used to the countdown. You know, I feel really bad for whoever's trying to just listen to our theme music. Well, I'm not happy. Well, actually, no, I am, because I've bought some from Disney, but okay. And you've spoken to the entire song. Good job, good job. Look who's talking now. Who is you? Yeah, he's still talking. He's persistent. Uh, he never stops. Um, okay, let's do an intro. Hey, kids! Welcome to episode 35 of Piercing the Veil. It is late November. It's getting cold outside. But we'll keep you warm with another hour of unscripted, unrehearsed, unplanned, uncensored mayhem. Uncensored? So, you yeah. censor us all the time. No, I just don't let you swear. Yeah, so that's censored. Yeah, I it? just give you the evil eye. Oh, oh you can. Yeah. No potty mouth on a family no, show. No, I, I know. I've had the so, paper. It is piercing <laughs> the veil. To be fair, I've not <laughs> signed the contract. <laughs> just wait until the Look, other. If piece. you want a contract, you better button up, <laughs> Missy, because I've got something to say in a few seconds that involves you. Stop so pointing your finger at it me. It is piercing the veil, episode thirty-five. It's a milestone edition this time because Tiff has as of this particular one been with us for more than half of our podcasts so have I done a year? well technically I mean lockdown you came in at episode 17 and now we're in episode 35 so you've done more than half with us so we're thinking of adopting you yeah you can join the show now Yeah. wow so I did I didn't know I was on trial. You were. Oh, <laughs> you're always on trial. And there, I'm always there, judging you. There have been oh, no- I know you're always judging there, there, me. There yeah. I'm been, used to that. There yeah, have been yeah. notes about you every single time. Yeah, we do feedback sessions. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, this is your pause and review. Nice to know. So, anyway, it's Piercing the Veil, <laughs> episode 35, once again, with her. Hello. Her. Did you know? How about <laughs> giving your name? <laughs> oh, sorry. Tiff- uh, I'm Tiff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Swear to God, you wouldn't think she's been with us for 35, uh, 17 episodes. Oh. Him over there. Oh. Me, I, Steve. I didn't know we were and doing the intro. Moi, Robin. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. So, so far, you've. you've <laughs> Destroyed the show. Yeah, you destroyed it. Blown it now. Yeah. Great show, Tef. What are you looking at me like that for? Oh, Jesus. So, this is the microphone. Yeah, I know. Okay. I just didn't know we were going you straight You don't need to look at intro. my screen. That's my screen over there, and I'm just checking sound levels and stuff. I want to so look. You don't need to look at that. Uh, That's my screen. It's literally right in front of me. Close your eyes. Yeah. Take your glasses no. off. I noticed no. that you haven't made any notes. Oh. Oh. Today has been a long drama. week. <laughs> Oscar nomination for the drama queen. Oh, I she hated that. She hated that as a kid. Yeah, oh, lent you a pen. I, I know, I know. Begrudgingly, she, by the way. Yes. She's written episode 35. Thir- yeah, 35. 30 and a dash. So, she's written a dash. We yeah. are now assuming that Tiffany's contribution to episode 35 will be by Morse code. Headline: Four crosses, Gwyneth. They have stopped the three... They're my notes, not your notes. They have stopped the um, resurfacing work, and they've been very nice. The now, Hogan now, people tell me, are very nice workers. Let's just um, recap here. You moaned when we came on the air 
that you weren't ready, okay? Yes. You apparently hadn't seen on the screen that we were actually recording. No, because you had another screen up. The music screen. Yeah. She spoke for then, five minutes. And solid. I asked you, are and, you recording? And you're like, no. And then I, then I just flicked, yes. So when I said no, it was entirely true. Now, the thing is, the thing is, Daddy's talking. The thing is... Does his finger annoy you as much as it annoys me? You... Can you stop with the finger? I'm not... I've got a fist then. Stop the fist then! (laughs) It's because you were buying a Christmas tree ornament and not paying attention. Yeah, but it was Nightmare Before Christmas and it's Jack Skeleton Tree Topper with seven baubles in the Black Friday Day Sale for £28. Limited stock available. You're only allowed four, so go buy now. Terms and conditions apply. (laughs) Right. Okay, and this was in response to Steve having bought uh, decorations Uh, for our tree, which are the... Disney tree stuff on there. Yes. Yeah. I have the Doom Buggy. The Doom Buggy from the... uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion ride. That is. Oh, I have one from Disney Paris. Still in a suitcase, but I'm going to get it out. The Doom Buggy. Yes. And the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Not exactly yes. Christmassy, but it's my Christmas Eve to go film. Pinocchio. Yes. House from Up. Yeah, but if they're a bauble, then it's Christmassy. But now I'm considering um, the Fantasia. What about our superb treat offer? Tinkerbell lights yeah, up. But, but I think mine's better now because it's Jack Skeleton. Does he light up? No. Eh, not better. Did um, you know you can get can a... Please, can we start a poll on Facebook? Which would you prefer, Tinkerbell or Jack Skeleton? Interestingly, you can get a Jack Skeleton ornament for the tree that does light up. I could just put some fairy lights over it and then it lit up. Well, no, because it wouldn't be to scale. No. Oh, your hard work, Robin. Oh, dear. Oh, your hard work. Oh, you're a miserable child, Tiffany. No, I'm right. not. Okay, so we're back. Yes. We are here in Geek Central. Yes. This is the part of the show where after you've stopped blabbing incessantly and meaninglessly, we go round the table and what have we seen, read, done, mm. been? <laughs> There's no been. This is COVID time. So let's start off with the little one. Ah, oh, I knew you were saying. <laughs> so, um, what you been up to? What you been doing? Um, been working. And yes, I've been buying I've Christmas sorted ornaments. my Christmas presents out. Oh, so I wish it could be Christmas. Everyone sorted every now. Do, 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 do. Even me. Yeah. Oh, I get a Christmas present. Oh, nice. Yeah, it arrived yesterday. Oh, nice. Oh, Stephen's arrived today. Did it? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So. I'm so. trying to think. <laughs> no, I was trying to think what hurt? Stephen knew. If, what Steve knew if he knew. What, oh, wow. I'm getting tongue-tied. Look, drink some more coffee. Okay. Yeah. Steve. Okay, so since the last time... Uh, you've been playing some of the Spider-Man Miles Morales on the PS4. Do tell our dear listener what Spider-Man Miles Morales is, because not everybody knows. I don't know. Okay. In 2018, the Spider-Man game came out for the PS4. It's an exclusive. It came out by Insomniac Games. They're a well-established game company. They've made things like Ratchet & Clank which is a weird game because it's about kind of like a raccoon in space, which is like Rocket Raccoon, but not. Anyway. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so they made Spider-Man exclusive. It goes hand-in-hand hand with Sony owning the rights to the films. So, what knee. they... Sorry? You said so, I said knee. Alright. Um, but Sony doesn't own the rights to Spider-Man anymore, does it? Does it, does it they Disney? have the rights, but they've come to an arrangement with Disney. Alright, yeah. okay. So, from what I've seen so far, Spider-Man, really annoying, Spider-Man Miles Morales takes place after the first game. Uh, you need to take a step back. I've lost you. 
Well, you kept saying me. But, Stephen, surely Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Well, he is. Uh. So, who's this Miles Morales, Stephen? Oh, I know you're going now. Um, Miles Morales is also Spider-Man. How can there be two Spider-Men? Stephen? He was also been by Spider. I I don't get it. Is this like Spider-Verse, then? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so, now on Netflix. It's a good film. I've not seen it ever. New. Wow, well, I'm sorry. I'm actually surprised at that. I'm a little bit disappointed in you, actually. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> so, Miles Morales is also Spider-Man in the game because Peter Parker's Spider-Man as well. So He's a to... nerdy high school yeah. kid who was bitten by a radioactive yeah. spider. So yeah, history does repeat itself. The one thing I'm finding, I'm enjoying it, but I'm finding it a bit odd, is it's set at Christmas. Which I think, a part of me thinks it's great that they've done a game set at Christmas. Mm. But the other part of me is thinking, well, you've done a game that you can only play like two months out of the year. Yeah, yeah, two months out of the year, yeah. But, but, thanks to my spectacular OCD... I think I can only play Friday the 13th during the summer. Yeah, agreed. Because it's set in summer camp. Yeah, but it's a horror. Yeah. So you could still get away with I Halloween. only actually watch the Friday the 13th movies. I've seen them many, many, many times. times. They're my summer to go to films. Okay. Sorry, I mean go to, not to yeah. go to. It's go to. Okay. But to be honest, I, I'm not that far into the game yet. No, no, I'm at uh, the section with the rhino. Okay. Who's the rhino, Steve? Uh, are He's... you playing this? Yes. Oh. I'm at the same stage. Oh, right, okay. Rhino's a Spider-Man villain. Is he a rhinoceros? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a big bulky guy in a rhino suit. You would have seen him uh, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Right at the end. So yeah. I'm literally on the very first level still. But it's the game itself looks amazing. I mean, Peter Parker is my Spider-Man because when I was a kid, it was Peter Parker, yeah. the Steve Ditko um, drawn comic. Um, you know, I was there right at the very beginning. <clears throat> and this is a, a later edition with this kid be being another Spider-Man in the same universe as yeah. Peter Parker. Peter Parker is like an older Spider-Man. Yeah, he's they, mentoring him. And this, Miles Morales is kind of um, a plucky kind of learner. It's, it's pretty much Jedi and Padawan yeah. kind of thing with Spider-Man. You know how in Spider-Man Homecoming you had Tony Stark as Peter Parker's mentor? Yeah. Think Peter Parker is Miles Morales' mentor. Oh, okay. It's that kind yeah, of. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've started playing the game with you, and um, at the same time, and it's striking how photorealistic yeah. New York is mm. with the snow. I mean, if you land on a street, people react to you. Oh, really? They will either want to take your photo or they'll just run away from you. Um, if you land in the road, traffic will have to stop quickly. Uh, you know, it's it's icy, it's sludgy. Um, they've got those yeah. autumn sort of late afternoon colours where when, when there's a little bit of sort of sludgy snow and uh, everything's got like an orange glow to it. It looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, Trying to navigate your way to where you need to be is a little bit difficult, but then again, if you've ever been to New York, you know, it takes you a yeah. while to get from point A to point B. Yeah. I mean, if you're Spider-Man, you don't catch a cab. That's a shame, because my friend Airy was supposed to be in New York today. She was supposed to be flying out at lunchtime. Ah, I see. Yeah. There's always next year. But one yeah, thing, Dave... Yeah done in it that I think is really clever if say you're fighting a thug or something on a rooftop 
and you punch the thug and he goes flying off the rooftop, mm. an animation will kick in where this a web will appear and stick him to the side of the building. Oh, good. Oh, okay. So you're not killing people no. indiscriminately? No. Uh. What have you been reading, Steve? I've been reading The Three Jokers. Again, so have I. You're like a weird little clone, aren't you? Well, you copied <laughs> me, didn't you? Oh, let's see. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Me. Are those bitch pants riding there, champ? Yes. <laughs> Oh, three jokers. That's actually quite a tough one to explain. Um, I've just I finished it the day before yesterday, and it's in three parts. Drawn in the style of Brian Bolland, it's more to my eye like a sequel to The Killing Joke, the classic story. It also is kind of a sequel to Death in the Family in parts. It references it, yeah. yes. Um, but it explains why there are different incarnations of the Joker. Sometimes he's psychotic. Sometimes he's just a clown. Sometimes he's a warped comedian. Mm. And what it explains is, right from the beginning, there have always been more than one Joker. Ah, so he's kind of like... He recreates himself. He dips somebody in the vats of chemicals that he found himself created in. Yeah. And basically, the the Joker sort of clones um, become one of those three, either comedian, clown, or criminal. Yeah. Right. Um, Depending on their most dominant personality trait. Which would explain why, you know, um, Adam West, Batman in the 60s, you know, Joker was a, more or less a harmless clown. Yeah. Who was more mischievous than evil. Yeah. Um, how, how that incarnation of the Joker could coexist alongside um, Jack Nicholson's Joker, mm. who was more of a gangster. Yeah. yeah. And... You know the the animated series Joker, who was more deranged, because you they all look the same, they all dress the same, but you never know exactly which one you're going to be facing. Yeah. And of course, behind it all is the original yeah. Joker. Right. And it makes for a really, really good story, mm. because Joker by now knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, okay. But he doesn't want anybody else to know. Yeah, he's kind of keeping it to himself. Keeping it to himself, because if Bruce Wayne as Batman does not exist, he has no reason to exist. Yeah. And he doesn't want to spoil what he sees as a kind of warped special relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like... um... It's playing cat and mouse, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. what they initially but are there's doing. a scene as well where Alfred says, you know, sort of, you don't even, you know, you've been fighting him for all these decades. You don't even know what his name is. And Batman says, you know, I've known what his name is within a week of his first meeting. <laughs> so they know who each you other are. are. Yeah, but they just don't want And to. there's a part of it that plays into... A pivotal point of killing joke, which I am not going to spoil yeah. here. Okay. 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 I think I've read Killing Joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have read I it. I bought it for you a few Christmases ago. I would have hoped that you'd have bought uh, read it by now. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely sure I've read that one. And didn't I buy you Dark Knight Returns yeah. as well? Mm. So what have you been up to? Pretty much the same as you. Yeah, I've started playing Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man, and I have read The Killing Joke. Um, before that, I read another Joker um, graphic novel called Killer Smile, which was quite good, but not as good as The Killing Joke. Oh, okay. sorry, um, The Three Jokers. Because I've been reading a lot of the Batman Rebirth. Yeah. Which... I'm not entirely clear. They've done. They did one of their multi-part crossover-ish event stories, 
Called Rebirth, wouldn't it? No. No. Ooh, which one? City of Pain. Oh, this is the one which I have just ordered yeah. in a... Yeah, okay. You've been ordering again, Father? Yes, daughter. <laughs> Amazon love me. You know, they've actually offered me... You should me... have had shares in Amazon. I'm not kidding. They've actually offered me, repeatedly, a business account. Because they think I'm buying for a business. <laughs> That's... Oh. It's not as funny as it sounds, though, is it, really? Well, you know, if you can't actually go out anywhere, then what else are you going to do? This is yeah. true. This is true. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, um, having finished The Three Jokers, I decided to read a making-of Star Wars book, but one that I've never read before. It's called The Princess Diarist, and it's the account of filming Star Wars by Carrie Fisher. Ah. And I, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. I love her writing style. She's funny. She's quotable. Um, I, I, I just love her writing style. Didn't her biography come out a while ago? This is pretty much it. Right, okay. Well, the Star Wars bit of it, yeah. anyway. Um, so that's my work in progress. In other news, I am sad to report and reported on Facebook this past week that Starburst magazine is currently on hiatus. What? Yep. Why? Right. Um, we put out the last issue. Yeah. And, of course, everything's planned in advance, yeah. so it's arrived at the news agents um, on the due day. When a couple of days later, lockdown happened in England, right? And Smiths couldn't open. Neither could places like Forbidden Planet, places which sell. Yeah, but what about places like an ASDA or a Tesco's? You, it doesn't they go to like... every ASDA or every Tesco's. Uh, it goes to the larger yeah. ones. But a, a lot of the smaller ones, oh, I mean, right. if you go to Bangor, which is our largest Tesco around here, yeah. hit and miss whether you find it. Oh, okay. Go to Smith's, it's always there. Yeah. Now, Smith's pulped thousands of issues. Which meant destroyed them. No. Yeah. So they couldn't be sold, so customers can't get to them. Um, nothing is happening in the film or TV industry, really, that we can report can on. So as one of their writers, I have nothing to write about that we can fill a magazine with, and that goes for everybody else. We still get some review materials in, yeah, and that goes online. Um, we're concentrating more online for the, for the foreseeable future until about March. Okay. When everything's projected to start getting back to normal, the high street will hopefully start getting back to normal, and Starburst will be back. Oh, that's good. So, you know, during the first lockdown, the same thing happened. Did it? Yeah, yeah, oh, Starburst went out of production for a while, oh, okay. then came back. Um, it's sad but it's an economic reality. Yeah. If you publish now, it would be a guaranteed loss. Yeah. So we we are taking a, a back step, concentrating on the website, and we will be back in about April. I've spoken to Mike Royce, the owner-publisher, and, you know, I'm still on the books. We are still in business. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That is good. Um, that's about our catch-up done i think but covid again it's affecting everything oh, yeah. yeah we in right now the last weekend in november england most of england is under severe restrictions we in wales are waiting until monday when the first minister mark dripfeed i mean drakeford <laughs> will tell us what our restrictions are going to be um, I think that places that sell alcohol, hospitality, yeah, that I kind of so. thing, will be curtailed in what they can do. Cinemas throughout Wales are 
have to be closed yeah. along with bowling alleys and things like that which really doesn't make a difference to us here because of course our multiplex has been closed now yeah. and will be closed again until about april yeah but the good news there is cineworld were sadly looking at having to stop their operation they are the second largest cinema chain in the world they're american based yeah and with having no films to show, they've closed their operation and those sites that they have, thousands of multiplexes yeah. worldwide, they've still got to pay the rent. Oh, the yeah. fact that they're not making money or have any business whatsoever, they still have to pay the rent. Yeah. the rates and stuff like that yeah, yeah so this past week they have got a financial package together which as long as they can open in april may yeah cine world will be back they can survive 2021 oh, so good. basically we just need to get our rear ends back into cinemas yeah. watching movies when we can yeah. and i think i'm i'm a little bit optimistic here maybe but I'm, I'm thinking that towards April, maybe there'll be a bit of normality as long as we have a vaccine. I, I yeah. can personally, I can see the first couple months of next year, it's pretty much going to be like it is right now. I oh, think yeah. there'll be another lockdown. I think but so. But I wouldn't be against a lockdown in January because I don't like the month anyway. Yeah. It's an unlucky an, an month. Um. For us as a family anyway, yeah. like we just don't like the months. I don't like the months and I wouldn't be against being told to stay at home and not speak to anybody. Well, what I did last January was I just stayed at home. The weather was cold. It was miserable. Um, you know, I'm on blood thinners. I get cold. I just stayed at home and watched movies if the weather wasn't fit for going out. And I had a far better January because of it. Yeah. So it's no great hardship, really. Um, but I think that come spring, things will be yeah. slowly adjusting back to normal. Um, but one thing that we have had announced is that Warners are sending Wonder Woman 1984 to cinemas in America, those that are still open, yeah. um, at around Christmas time, and also on streaming HBO Max. Now then, you might well think, how does this affect us in the UK? We have no cinemas at the moment. Steve, you have a theory based on something that happened before. Yeah. Back around Halloween time, yeah. uh, The Witches, the Rodal film, Ooh. got released. I rented as it. As a HBO Max. I rented it for Halloween. With you renting that, and that's a HBO Max one. Yes. Where did you rent it from? Prime. Told you. Prime. Right. So we are hoping that the same deal will exist yeah. for Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I can watch Soul from Disney Plus in the yeah. afternoon, the brand new Pixar movie, and will, of course, be buying the Blu-ray when it yeah. comes out. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I can rent... Wonder Woman 84 for evening viewing. Yeah. Yeah. You can order it on Prime, on Amazon. Well, you can. Oh, no, I meant like... Oh, witches. Th yeah, okay. that, that's... Oh, right, yeah. okay. That's what we did, so that's so why that, I that assume is our that hope you, that yeah. we will somehow be Wonder watching Woman. Wonder Woman 84 on Prime on Christmas night. Because that's the point I tried to make, that with you backing it up, it wasn't a case of kind of wishful thinking. This is something that's been proven to happen in the yeah. past yeah. yeah so what we did was we well sean actually rented it not me but sean rented it on prime and then because we've got the chromecast we just cast it onto the tv okay and we watched it on the sharp tv yeah, and it was right. very very good i enjoyed it okay um right then speaking of dc yes both you steve and i have watched the entire five season run of Gotham 
we came to this late. I'm kind yet of, to do it. I'm yet to do it. I'm going to start. You are yet to, to do start. it, and we're going to do this in a spoiler-free way. Okay. Yeah. okay. This is why... Well, I've watched two seasons. Okay, you need to go back to the very beginning. Yeah. I would. Right. This is why, Tiff... Yeah. On January the 1st... Yeah. You should put in a Gotham disc. January 1st? Well, after Christmas. Okay. You don't want to start it now, do you? Um, you don't need loose ends, do you? Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Steve and I, we started this when it was first broadcast on Channel 5. Yeah. And I am, as you know, one of the more obsessive, long-standing Batman fans. Yes. I didn't really like it. What? When you watched it on Channel 5? Channel 5, yeah. Okay. It was really bad on Channel 5. Channel 5 would show it. They'd change the time slots... Right. Quite often. Not the day, but the actual yeah. time slot. And the advert breaks were just thrown in indiscriminately. Yeah. Sometimes in mid-scene. Oh. Okay? Okay. And it made little sense to me. That it had very little coherence. But we found out when watching it on disc that Channel 5 had heavily censored the violence. So some of the episodes would only run about 35 minutes. Yeah. All right, okay. But be padded out to an hour yeah. with, with adverts. adverts. Okay. So during the first lockdown, I, I was looking for a series to watch and I had the box set on... In, on, on disc yeah. and I watched the first season again and I became hooked because mm. I had them all okay, yeah. all the seasons and I couldn't stop watching them, in fact I had to hold myself back a bit <laughs> from absolutely completely binging, binging it, it? <laughs> well the last season, yes you I, I it's uncensored, it is brutally violent I mean there are acts on violence of violence in this show bear in mind it's a show based on a comic book character yeah there are acts of violence perpetrated in this series that Sons of Anarchy would shy away from yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sons not of kidding. Anarchy was good though I like that too I am not even kidding yeah See, I had a different approach because I didn't watch it on Channel 5. I've actually been watching it on Netflix. Yeah. That's when I've watched the first two seasons. I don't know why I stopped. Something might have got my attention. But you bought me the box set for Christmas last year. So that is my next box what set to I will go say, to. though, and it's not a spoiler, is you need to watch the first two seasons because they do play heavily into it later yeah, on. A lot oh, yeah. is set up. But we didn't even know no. that they were setting up. Mm. But the third season onwards, if you think it's been dialed up in the first two seasons, you've seen nothing until you hit season three Well, the first season yeah. is basically a gangster series. Yeah, it's yeah. the story of Gotham City itself. Yeah. yeah. The second season, they actually subtitled that when it was yeah. shown, The Rise of the Supervillains. Yeah, yeah. And from then on, it... It's compulsive viewing. Yeah. Mm. It's Bruce Wayne's journey from being orphaned in Crime Alley as a child mm. to his eventual destiny. Okay. Okay? Um, but he's he's a child. It's not entirely focused on him. It's not actually entirely focused on anybody. No. no. Um, you've got... Jim Gordon yeah. as a detective and how he finds his way eventually where he needs to be. Yeah. The Penguin is basically a gangster's stooge. Oh, I do like the Penguin. Gotham. He is one He's of the really best yeah. realised characters yeah. in it. And it's his journey to becoming you know, the head of the Gotham crime syndicate. Yeah. yeah. 
how a lowly lab technician working for forensics in Gotham City Police Department becomes the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him in it as well. So there are all these characters, how a street urchin named Selina Kyle becomes Catwoman. Yeah. It's it's a multiple origin story. It's absolutely epic. Yeah. And I would say, and you can argue with me on this, it is the best live action superhero, although it barely has a superhero in it, yeah. series ever. Agreed. It's the dark side of Smallville. Completely agreed on that one. Yeah. Now, Smallville, everything is cast in a golden light. Yeah. And it's all wholesome and exactly ex- what you'd expect Superman's origins in Smallville to be. Yeah. Whereas this, I mean, it's hardly ever not stormy yeah. and raining in yeah. Gotham. I won't say who, but a character does actually make reference to that, the weather. They don't, yeah. And absolutely. you know what, I never, well, I never knew until, I think it was in the in the movie that it came up, where Smallville and Gotham were actually not that far apart. Oh, that was in um, Justice League and Dawn of Justice, yeah. where they, they seem to be, yeah, that's not actually right, no. because oh. um, in the comic books, well, yeah, Metropolis. It, uh, yeah, Metropolis might yeah. be. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always thought Metropolis was like Los Angeles. Yeah. Because it, it tends to be sunny in Californian weather there. Yeah. Whereas Gotham is most definitely New York gone psycho. It, I don't think it's There's that... even an, an area of, yeah. of um, New York called Gotham. It, it's not. I don't, was before I don't think man. it's that close in the no, comics. No, I don't think it is. Oh, right. Okay. I know in the animated series it definitely isn't. Because mm. I just thought it was really strange that it was, it was literally like, just like... Yeah, Superman can just how, hop like a grasshopper yeah. from one city to because the other. It was never like that in the comics. In the comics, and I think how, it's in the like, Hush comic. Basically it looked like there was a line in between the weather of really nice and sunny in Metropolis yeah. and really horrible in Gotham. They have to take a, Bruce has to take a plane to Metropolis? Yes, he does. Yeah. Um. So... You need to watch yeah. this, Tiffany. Yes. And in our broadcast for next year, I will be checking. Two things I want from you next year. Three things I want from you next year, Missy. Let me write them down. Okay. <laughs> okay, number one. Finish it. Oh. Write it. Oh, finish. You might have to restart because it's been a few years. Yeah, it has been a few years. Okay, number, number two. Number two. Watch Gotham. Well, I'll do that. Okay. Number three. Get married. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wrote it down too. You did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now then, Steve. Uh, and you two will know that there was a big, big launch since yeah. our last show of Sony's new PS5 platform. Um, a platform that I, I've read up a little bit on and, quite honestly, can't see the point in. No. But, Steve, we've both read some reviews. You've done more background checks on this than I have. Yeah. Go for it. PS5, when it, it was announced, this is before COVID, the main selling factor for it was they said it was going to be completely backwards compatible. So I could play PS1 games? Yes. Yeah. So PS1, on PS2, All your existing 3, PS4. PlayStation games you can now, play Now, does on. that annoy you? Because you've got rid of a load of PS2 games. Ah, then storage. Oh. I thought there used to be a draw and do bad. Oh, then storage. Okay. Um, that had then changed to just PS4 backwards compatible. Uh. So, okay, yeah, we can take that. Then, this is something I don't quite understand. Maybe you'll understand it more. I doubt it, but go for it. I think it's 1044p in yeah. the HD terms. Yeah. It doesn't support it yet. 
Okay. Now I don't know if that means. But isn't it 1080? Yeah. On. Yeah. TV. I don't know if it's ten. If it's like one. That's the resolution, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the resolution is. I don't know if it'll play on. Your normal HD TV. But at the moment, ten I think is either. One four hundred or something. It's not compatible with yet. Okay. Wait. Um. This PS5 now. Did you not say that you had to get a 4K yes. Ultra HD yeah. TV for yeah. playing this console? Yep. Right. So if people don't have that, it, then they're going to have to first buy the TV yeah. and then buy the exactly. console. Well, that's going to be pricey. Oh, that's not even the half of it. For years, from about PS3 onwards, games would cost in the region of 45 to £50. Pounds. It's been that way for years. Yeah. With the PS5 and the Xbox One X, they're putting prices up. So your average... Hang on, is this specifically for PS5 games? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a PS5 game, if it's made by Sony as an exclusive, will now cost you 60 What? See, I think that's really expensive. Oh, it but... gets worse. Yeah, but... For a gamer, so like you, for instance, yeah. you've been gaming since PS1, PS2, you've done it all, yeah? Yeah. You can technically, if the game, like you say, is easy enough, you could complete it in a day. Yeah. Now, is that 60 quid, or what did you say, 60? 18? Yeah, 60. 60. 60 quid worth it for one day? It gets worse than that. When they said that they were putting the prices up, I thought, okay. If you're going to charge 60, then what the kind of the cheeky way they do it is they say, right, you pay, say, 45, then for an extra 30, you can get the season pass, so you can get extra parts of the game. Right. So you like expansion packs. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, okay. Is it going to be in game purchases? That's it. Oh. I thought, okay, if they're charging 60, I'm all for that. If that means that they're getting rid of that business model, of the paying extra that yeah, you pay yeah, that, yeah. and well, you just you pay, pay for the brace yeah. basics, but to get the a really good experience, yeah. you need to pay more. I mean, that's, that's so. Right. No. One of the game, one of one of the ones I was looking at. So, to buy the game itself, any game now, uh, if it's made as an exclusive, you're talking sixty. If you want the DLC packs on top of that, so expansion packs for the game, it will now cost you between eighty-five and ninety pounds per game oh to get everything. God. See, the problem I I I can immediately identify here is we are living in the age of COVID. Yeah. People are being furloughed from their work. Yeah. So they're only getting, what is it, 80% of their wages? Yes, 80%. A lot of people are losing their jobs because yep. businesses are going to the wall, because the economy is collapsing. People don't have the money to spend on £60 games yep. and in-game purchases. Yeah, exactly. The, it's it's ridiculous. There's most of the units that have gone out, from what I've read, there have been huge system faults. Yeah, memories or something? Memory. Memory has to be rebuilt? Yeah, and you have to factory reset your console. Some are just completely dead, so they just don't work whatsoever. And there are very few of these yeah. units actually available as well. I saw somewhere that I think they're calling it their, biggest, their most successful launch of all time. Well, I'm calling it the Windows Vista of PlayStation. But the thing is... Windows Vista of PlayStation. What's got to be taken into consideration? <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Like, not the joke was funny, but the Windows Vista was terrible. You can call it success because there's only there's probably only something stupid like 200 units that actually work. Yeah, if they take that as a percentage of yeah. available units, I mean, they're probably doing quite well, aren't they? Now... What I can see happening is, right now, I can't recommend anyone buy a PS5 at all. It, it's a waste. It's And this is from someone who 
had actually thought of buying a PS5 day one. Next year, or the year after, I can see them releasing, still calling it PS5, but the version we were supposed to actually get. PS5 Ultra. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like... It'll be the PS4 Pro. Of PS5. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, not saying that Xbox One was bad or anything like that, but I remember waiting in line, because... I know. Dad, you took me. Yeah, yeah. To get a we stood Xbox there freezing. One on Cheeriest line ever. <laughs> yeah, but when I was thinking about it after a bit, okay, then they released an Xbox One some S, yeah. S or yeah. something like that, and I'm like, what? There is actually, a, if people want to get ready for a PS5, there is actually a way they can do it that's actually quite reasonable. Put a sticker saying PS5 on a PS4. Yeah. But this is actually quite reasonable. And it's I think it's a far better way of doing it than going out and buying a PS5. Okay. So far, the games that have been released, you have a game called Godfall, which is a timed exclusive. Godfall? I, yeah. I have no idea what it's about. Okay. The other one is a game called Demon Souls. Which is a remake of a game from 2003. Basically, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. All right. But okay. it's just a remake. All right. Every other game you can buy on current platform. Okay. On the PS4. Well, you guys were kind enough to buy me a PS4 yeah. last Christmas. Yeah. And I am in no rush whatsoever yeah. to upgrade from that because so, I like my system. The, the point I was going to make was you can now buy. PS4 games with a free upgrade to PS5. Mm. So you could actually start, if you're desperate to get a PS5, don't bother getting it now. Buy the PS4 version and you can have a free upgrade. So you're building up your game collection for your PS5. Yeah. Now, you can still play yeah. them now. Yeah. And I'd just like to point out that, you know, our criticism of Sony and their business practices comes from. A good place, yeah. Um, because we are in no way Sony haters in this room alone. No. There's a 43-inch Sony Bravia. There's a Sony multi-region Blu-ray. There's a Sony sound panel. A Sony sound CD system. A Sony Xperia. You know, we've pretty much Sony fans. When the PS5 is released in its pro version or whatever it is, and it's the version they said we were originally going to get. Yes, I will definitely buy one. Yeah. But it's this, like it a seems, present, yeah, no. As if all of them do it, all these game consoles do it, it's like they rush. They rush yeah. to get something out, just to get it out, on the shelves before Christmas, because loads of people are going to buy it as a Christmas present. And then it's like they have time to reflect then, and then sort out the tweaks, and then release a better version. Yeah. That's what they always well, seem to do. Yeah, I am not a fan of buying the first iteration. I'm, I'm not, you know, I didn't get the first DVD or the first Blu-ray. You wait for the bugs yeah. to be ironed out. Yeah. And the same has to be true of game stations. Yeah. Whichever brand you go for. Yeah. Because they, they can... They can Beta test all they want, yeah. But they're never going to find all the bugs. Yeah. The end users usually tend to, more often than not, by sheer stupidity, accident, and ignorance. It's like I'm more of a Nintendo person myself. So Steve, you're more yeah. PlayStation. Dad, you're more PlayStation. But I'm more Nintendo. So I really enjoyed my Nintendo Wii. When that came out, everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. It was the first yeah. like interactive family one that you got up, you had yeah. to move and stuff like that. Then they released the Nintendo Wii U. And that just seemed to be like a that massive flop. Nobody like... Well, not that anybody I know really took to it at all. It's like but, a tablet, wasn't it? Yeah, a tablet and... I, I don't know what it was. It was just... I used to enjoy playing archery and stuff yeah. when we played it as a family on the Wii. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but then they released the Nintendo Switch, and that's been a massive hit. Like, I really like my Switch, especially since Animal Crossing's yeah. on it now. But one of the, the last thing I was going to say, which I find really funny, is one of the big 
like highly anticipated games this year to come out is out in I think a fortnight called Cyberpunk 2077. It's just the one that you keep telling me is a bit like Blade Runner. Yes. Okay, the film. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming on PS4 and Xbox One. But you've got these new consoles out. They're not getting their version until some point later next year. Undetermined date. Okay. It's just like, hold on, you've got a big title coming out. But it's not on that yet. Yeah. Right. Sad to say, in our final little sequence... Um, a part of your childhood, both of you, has finally gone away. Yeah. yeah. You were both raised uh, watching WWE wrestling on TV. And we sat, we watched it as a family. We enjoyed it. We have our memories. We all had our favourites. But maybe, arguably, the best of the best of them all finally retired yeah. this past week. I'm actually still surprised he actually retired because there were so many scenes in different wrestling ones, so Summer, uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, that he was retiring, but I'm actually surprised he's actually done it. Well, yes, the character of The Undertaker is no more. Yeah. And he was laid to rest, as they say, in Survivor Series this past weekend, 30 years to when he made his first appearance. Wow. I don't think there's been a wrestling character um, who's actually run that long before. I mean, he, he came in at the end of the... You know, the Hulkamania era. Mm. He changed during the Attitude era. And now he has called it a day. So, I mean, we we saw him... I mean, you were only baby, Steve. Yeah. Uh, He was introduced in November 1990. Yeah. And we got Sky... TV at the old house in June 91, just before you were born, and we started watching WWF as it was back then. And he was being the Undertaker, Matt Calloway, was being built up from being a heel wrestling parlance for bad guy into a face wrestling parlance for good guy, and was all set to go against Hulk Hogan. And it, it was absolutely stunning when he beat the you know the unbeatable Hulk Hogan, who in real life needed to go on yeah. a publicity tour for his Suburban Commando film, and became the champion. So I thought, being that we have all enjoyed seeing him these past decades, we would go around the table and perhaps share our favourite moments of some of the crazy things that The Undertaker has done or been involved with. Um, I think one of my favourites was... I've got three of them. Yeah. Um, There was the Ugandan giant that he was... Was it Umaga? Uh, Kamala. Kamala. Who was Umaga? Oh, he was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kamala, who was a veteran wrestler, and um, they were going to fight at Survivor Series when we were back at the old house. So again, we're talking mid-90s. First casket match. The first casket match, and the stipulation was that the winner would be the one who put the their opponent into a coffin and shut the lid. Ah, that's the only time ever... The to win, you had to nail it shut as well. And Ooh. what they did was because um, Kamala was very, very big. Okay. Yeah. Very, very big, fat guy. It was um, a double wide coffin, <laughs> and every Friday night on Superstars of Wrestling, they would go to the the Undertaker, 
who was in this shack that seemed to be somewhere in New England, where he and his manager, Paul Bearer, who always spoke in that whiny voice, were building the casket. And they show you a little bit more of these vignettes <laughs> every week as it was being built. And you'd have Paul Bearer, his, his manager there, you know, going, oh, yes! And, you know, he'd just be building this thing. And that was one of my favourite first memories of him. Secondly, I remember... <laughs> Basically, he got lynched at the Royal Rumble and put in a casket and he appeared on all the screens saying he was not going to rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he ascended somewhere in the sky and then came back for SummerSlam. Um, so he was missing from January through until August. But they had a fake Undertaker and it was Undertaker versus Undertaker yeah. back then. But my all-time favourite was King of the Ring, the first Hell in a Cell match, where two participants enter a cell, the cage, yeah. and basically it's the first one to make it out wins. But for this one, he was fighting Mick Foley, variously known as Cactus Jack, Mankind, oh, yeah. Dude Love. And they went up to the top of the cage without telling anybody... Yeah. It was never built to take that. Even the announcers didn't know what they were going to do. They hadn't told anybody because the networks wouldn't allow them to show it live if they yeah. knew because there was going to be that much bloodshed. And oh. the Mick Foley, his opponent, had said he wanted to take a jump off the top of this cage, which was about 20 feet high, and use the announce table to break his fall. Now, Foley told him, I'm going to do this whether you help me or not, but I really need your help to throw me off to get the <laughs> momentum so I can land on the table. Otherwise, I'm just going to land on the stadium floor. And so he threw him off and he went right through the, the announce table. And that was the beginning of the match. Yeah. They later went on back up to the, to the top of the cage on the outside. The Undertaker body slammed him onto the roof and he uh. went straight through landed in the ring yeah. and that's where he he actually knocked one of his teeth up yeah. through one of his nostrils yeah. now we were looking at a Hell in a Cell match the other day and because TV resolution is better now than it used to be yeah. we found that the only thing holding the roof panels on because they, they were never designed for people to go up there yeah. A cable ties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my and that God. is the most outrageous match I have ever seen in what now? Coming up to 30 years yeah. of watching wrestling. Yeah. So for that, I thank Callaway. Thank you for being The Undertaker. Rest in peace. Yeah. Yours, Tiffany. Um, I don't actually remember like specific. Um, matches like you remember but i liked like um when he was always getting announced so i liked when he was coming down in the motorbike when he was like oh a, yes the american like a, badass yeah. the um he ditched his undertaker pe uh, persona yeah and became more his usual self with uh sort of like a big chopper bike yeah. and being like yeah. a house angel yeah yes. yeah i always loved when he'd come down in the motorbike because you're like rolling by um Limp Biscuit. Biscuit. that's yeah, it. Yeah, that was always like, you're like, oh, you just, I don't know. I was always like that. Um, I always liked when um, they were gearing up for a match, either WrestleMania or SummerSlam, and he would stalk his opponent. Yeah. yeah. So they'd start coming up and the screens would go or the lights would go or he'd appear somewhere. would be lightning inside the stadium. Yeah, there'd be something. He'd always stalk. And I, just like, I was just like, oh, no, I do like that. Um, um, that's not much, and uh, yeah, I liked him when he had, he was with um Kane as well. Yeah, his his brother. Brother, yeah. The brothers of destruction. Yeah, I liked them as a duo as well. They were really good. <laughs> Steve, I think the earliest one I can remember was 
when he had like a Phantom of the Opera gimmick. Oh yes, he'd had his eye socket crushed in real life. Yeah, there's what this wrestler. Do you remember Viscera? He was one of men know. on a mission. He, he was a really very, very large, yeah, fat really... guy, but he could move really yeah. quickly. Yeah. And he did a leg drop on the Undertaker's head. Yeah. Ooh. And it kind of um, ruptured his his eye socket. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the only way he could wrestle safely was with a mask. So for about a few months, yeah. he wore this Phantom of the Opera type mask. Because he was literally, that happened one night, and he was back out the next night, just with right. a mask. Yeah. <laughs> I love that face. I have a soft spot for the Inferno match. The only time the, I can the ever Inferno remember... match. I don't know if you remember this. He was fighting against his, you know, on-screen brother Kane. Yeah. And they had gas jets all around the ring, so whenever they got near the ropes, the these flames would come up, <laughs> and to win the match. And it sounds yeah. as, as crazy as it was. The only way you could win a match was to set your opponent on fire. Oh, yeah. my God. Right? So you, you had both of them there um, facing off in the ring. Now, the Undertaker was dressed in black, yeah. but he always had a short-sleeved top. Okay. And these gauntlets. Yeah. Okay? And the cane would always come in his red costume yeah. with the, like flame motif. He had one sleeve yeah. and the other one was cut off yeah. at the shoulder and also these yeah. like gauntlets. But one of his arms was really heavily padded. Yeah. So as soon as they walked down, he's like, well, I guess we know who's going <laughs> <out> on fire. <laughs> oh. That was just idiotic, wasn't it? But so much fun. I also, and it was a match that it wasn't, if it wasn't for Mark Calloway putting the performance in, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. When he went against Giant Gonzalez. Oh, I don't know if you remember Giant Gonzalez. I know. Possibly it was before your time. Now, yeah. The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, is in real life six foot ten. So he's really tall. They wanted somebody, they wanted a giant for Hulk Hogan to beat. Okay. Or to go up against Hogan. Yeah. But Hogan never actually beat him. Yeah. Because Hogan is six foot eight. Yeah. Six foot seven or six foot eight. Eight, I think. Yeah. So they brought in The Undertaker, and that was that. Then they wanted a giant to take on The Undertaker. Now, this goes back to that match with Kamala that yeah. I told you about. Because Kamala lost that coffin match at yeah. uh, Survivor Series. And later on, uh, the manager, because Kamala had been destroyed, you know, and gone away forever, brought in this other wrestler. He was an Argentinian called George Gonzalez. Okay. Now, George Gonzalez was seven foot three. Yeah. Tall. Wow. And for the Undertaker, who always looked down at every opponent, <laughs> to look him in the eye, he could only do it if he stepped up and stood on the middle rope in the ring. <laughs> and they had this match at WrestleMania that year. And in a way, it was a terrible match because, like a lot of very, very tall people, freakishly tall people, Gonzalez had no upper body strength at all. Right. So basically, if you saw him choke The Undertaker and lift him up, it was because The Undertaker had actually jumped up there and was holding on to him. <laughs> while while, while um, Gonzalez held him by the throat. Yeah. And if you watch the match, it's hilariously funny because Gonzalez can't do anything really. He can't oh. throw, he can't do anything. But it's The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, who is selling everything. Yeah. And you, there are parts where you can tell him, you, you can see him tell Gonzalez what to do next. Yeah. And, you know, it's any throw across the ring. I mean, it looks like Gonzalez has thrown him, you know, about 15 feet across the ring. But you can actually see The Undertaker take a running jump and then <laughs> land in <it>. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so many good memories, and I think that's a good one to yeah. 
to end this particular show on. We are at one hour and four minutes. So we will say goodbye and confirm that, you know, lockdowns permitting, we will be recording the next show on December the 12th. Um, so until next time, it is goodbye from me, Tiff. She remembered her name this time. I did. Good job. <laughs> me, Steve. And from me, Robin, it's a stay different and stay weird because we know that you will. So until next time, have fun. Mm-hmm.